Hello, everybody. I'm Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and this is the Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Happy Tuesday, Dell Shores. Is there any other way we can do this? I mean, we've just gone through it all. There just is not. I've made all the choices. We got a huge show today. TikTok exorcism, COVID penis problems, gay foster care, rat boys versus friends house, a serial killer lesbian lover, Hong Kong police porn, a trans bank robber, Miss Universe, Jojo Siwa wants an airport, and more. Woo! It's a full show. I know. Do when I do that, do you ever think, Emerson, you just try to make us do too much? No, I don't. I sometimes it's it feels a little bit like a race to because you put those times on it and I go, oh, I'm behind, I'm behind. <laughs> For those of you watching with us live on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, hello, say hi, share the broadcast. To those of you listening back later on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Alexa, wherever, hey y'all. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, so well, I did it. You did I it. Did what did you do? Right down that outside world without my mask on. I felt naked, but I did it. Oh my goodness! What? Tell us d- d- details, please. Aren't you proud? That little sort of lives moment just came to me right here on the spot. Oh, it's moment. iconic. It's iconic. That wasn't even planned. No, y'all, really, I did. Sunday, we said we are masked and vaxxed, and we have done the things. So we went for a little brunch on the patio at Pump, Lisa Vanderpump's West Hollywood establishment. It was very lovely. And then went to a birthday party in the park at the La Brea Tar Pits with like 40 people outside. Okay, we've joked about reentry classes for weeks and weeks and weeks. It is clear that I need them. And, and, and tell us why. <laughs> because I have lost the ability to do normal type small talk. All of my conversations kind of went like this. Hi, I'm Emerson. Are you living your life with intention now? Oh. <laughs> like, like, there was no like, how's the weather? I mean, there was a lot of like, trying not to just say, how are you? What have you been up to? Because we all know the answer is nothing. And I, this work I've been doing on my own journey to the point where one gentleman, I was like, hi, it's nice to meet you, Ian. And I was like, I'm hugging strangers. And they were like, this is James. And he was like, I'm not hugging. <laughs> it's like fair. You get to do that. You yeah, don't have James, to. James, go ahead. Just don't be hugged. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's. I think though, it's the first time out because when I went to that rap party thing, uh-huh. uh, Fowler's. I, you know, you see people go, oh my God, there's Catherine Bayless. Hi, Catherine. Oh my God, there's Melanie Haskell. You know, you just sort of want to catch up way too quick. And there's the like weird dosy do dance of like, oh, I'm comfortable, but are you comfortable? And are we t- are we waving? Are we touching? Are we full body groin to groin hugging? Like, where is your comfort level? I don't want you uncomfortable. Well, I do it. I I'm vaccinated. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That sort of opens door. Oh, I'm vaccinated too. Oh. Uh huh. Well, make this was very like it was known in advance. Everyone at this little gathering was, but it was really nice and like. Yes, it was funny, but also some of that I want to keep. Like, let's just be honest. I told more strangers. Well, I, my bro- I fell apart in June and I got pills now. How are you? Like, just <laughs> who needs all that? I don't need to talk about the weather with somebody I just met. Well, thanks to pill and I'm okay. That's correct. Um, now, what you been up to? Well, on Saturday, I went to the oxygen chamber on sunset with my friend Beverly. Um uh, and now, what is this oxygen chamber for? Well, it's it's supposed to like make you happy or something. I don't know. It's like you know healing, and your skin's better, and it's just pure oxygen you breathe for an hour. Well, I did not know it was an hour. It's hard for me to stay still for an hour, and it's a little bit like being in a coffin. And they're just like closing it, the, and they go, "Okay," and then they, "Would you like an iPad?" And I'm like, no, I don't know if I want an iPad because I want to, oh, I want to Zen out. I just want to just, I just wanted to clear my mind. I wanted my mind to just be blank for an hour. Well, that's just not possible. Now, wait, were you in the dark? Yes, yes, yes. Because they give you a choice. There's a little light thing on the top, but they could put a black uh, cloth thing over it. So I I chose to just do the black thing. I thought, well, maybe I'll doze off. Uh So I had it like five minutes. I have to tell you of a little bit of claustrophobia because it's locked. 
it's like it's not like a tanning bath where you can bolt. It's fucking locked. And they even tell you after it goes off, don't panic. It takes two minutes to decompress and then you can get out. So anyway, so they give me this iPad and I just put the iPad aside. I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to, then I got kind of bored. And so I started, um, I, I listened to Justin Bieber's uh, album because I'd heard it was really good. And it was, it was just so slow. Every single song is just pitiful. Uh, you're locked in a coffin. It's starting to sound like you listened to a funeral dirge. It did. It was like, so I listened about almost all of it. And then um, I was trying to focus on the lyrics and then I saw that on the iPad, there was messaging and there was emails. So I decided to check and see what was in there. And it was all these Gen Z's or, or whatever they are, taking selfies of themselves in the oxygen chamber, these rich kids. Are a uh huh. And so I went through that and then I started going through emails and then it was over and I had to wait the two minutes and that was kind of it. Uh, it's almost like then you basically had all those kids numbers because it sounds like that's taking a picture and texting it to yourself so you can post it to the gram later. I wish that you should go oh. back and you should start text conversations. Well, hello, I'm in the oxygen tank and I see that you must have been here earlier today. What was your experience? That's you a great a idea. I bet you don't. Hi there. I love your selfie. Uh, <laughs> how do you get how do you get your cheekbone so sharp? I have uh, the great beyond and I have questions. Because you know they would not have sent that selfie without like a one of those filters. So you're right. That's exactly right. They had to send it to themselves. So yeah. that's interesting, Emerson. I had all well, had a good question. Are you dressed in those hyperbaric chambers? Yes, you are. You are dressed. Wrong. Do you have to be? I don't think there's, a, there's several people in the room. So it would be awkward to take off your clothes. Now wait, you're in a bunch of coffins in a row? There's four, there's four in a room. Oh, so like uh, you're in one, she's in one, and then and like- Beverly within one, and Beverly loves them. She's going every day. Well, it sounds like what you really need is like an intercom system where you could just push the button and be like, hey, Beverly. What's up? What's going on over there? Hey, like it's a little like string in a can. Hey girl. I, I just thought of something. <laughs> I've taken off my pants. Do you think they'll mind? I'll put them back I on. Think it. I mean, there was enough time. Maybe next time I'll take a little lube. I don't know. Lube. There was some time. There, well, yeah, they had the internet in that. That uh, giving me ideas, Emerson. I could make this go a little bit faster. I mean, they already have to clean it out after you get out anyway. You just have to think that shit through. You have that to. You just have to finish when the buzzer goes off because that means it's two minutes till you're open. Well, you can't. Well, I mean, come on. You have to like plan. You have to have. So now I, we're going down a real bad rabbit hole. I'm going to start to talk about planning to put Kleenex in my my trousers and 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 any a little tiny bottle of lube and maybe uh you know some poppers. <laughs> well, did you feel younger and lighter when you finished? I felt really good. I felt kind of that it does do this pressure to your ears, like you're up in the mountains or up in the, you know, or in yeah. an airplane. Well, so, Dean said. His late husband had to do that for over a year to help him heal. He'd be the, in there for over an hour and he would be naked with a sheet over it. So oh, oh, we didn't have that. We didn't have that option, Dean. But here's what now here. Is this ironic? Emerson, is this irony? Because the next day, Beverly sends me a text that Justin Bieber sleeps in one of those chambers. So is that irony that I was listening to? No, that, no, that's, that's not. That's just a coincidence, you know. Uh -huh. That's a, oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, that's what we've been doing, y'all. Uh, yesterday was also International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia. It's chosen as May the 17th to commemorate the day in 1990 when the World Health Organization stopped classifying homosexuality as a mental disorder. Though based on the way I've been behaving in public this weekend, I'm not so certain that they should have stopped. It was also Honor Your LGBT Elders Day. So I just want to honor you. Thank you, motherfucker. Uh, I, so thank you. Fuck you. Uh, so, it doesn't say how much elder. Uh, you know, those uh, days could honor I me. Paved the way. I paved the way for you, Emerson. Don't you forget it. 
Yep. Whenever somebody yeah. said it when I was at Stonewall. Yeah, um, bro, not Rick. You uh, and Stormy. I want to return your mental illness issue. It has nothing to do with you being a homosexual. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. I can contribute. I attribute all of my faults. <laughs> so walk-in closet. You're just batshit crazy. It has nothing to do with the gayness. Nothing. Okay, fair. It's just a bonus. The gayness is an add-on. You know, it's like if I was a car and they were picking the features, some of those mental problems were installed <laughs> at the factory, but the gayness was a little yeah. add-on at the end. Maybe some of the damage that we incurred contributed to the mental illness. Let's be fair. I mean, that... that oh, that, no, not mine. Oh. <laughs> You're just like... I did not get anxiety from... from singing hymns at church and wanting to give a blow job. My gayness was an add-on. Yeah, but you my could My gayness was the rims on the car. Oh. At the end. I see. All right. Well, I think we should move on. Uh, we're already behind. We're already behind. Let's go. Let's go. Well, on Friday, uh, State Department spokesperson Ned Price told the Washington Blade the Biden administration's priorities for the LGBT Q plus community internationally. Are y'all ready? Decriminalizing same sex relations globally, uh, protect LGBTQ migrants and asylum seekers, uh, protect human rights and advance non-discrimination around the world, respond to anti-LGBTQ human rights abuses and build coalitions and engage international organizations in the fight against discrimination. So five amazing, uh, it's a great list. It's a great yeah. list. And that they're really working. The State Department has made it a priority. It's something they're working on. Speaking of our LGBT elders, though, in all seriousness, David just said, I was at Stonewall, but the night before the big night. Wow. Amazing. And, you know, kidding aside, obviously, we stand on the shoulders of those that came before us. I can't imagine what that period was like and being there. And we're grateful legitimately to you. Absolutely. Uh, that's just amazing. Just think about that. Uh, and here you are today with us, and we thank you. That's absolutely. Doing our little part in our little corner. All right, in our Bills, Bills, Bills updates, we are coming to the end of a lot of the state sessions, which is great, because if bills don't pass, they won't move on to the next session. Uh, a win in Oregon, where their House unanimously passed the Senate bill to ban the trans and gay panic defense. It goes to very... Uh, Liberal Governor Kate Brown to sign, and that will be the 14th state after Vermont also banned it this month. <clears throat> so progress on getting rid of that uh, bigoted defense in the legal system. Now, Tennessee on Friday and then yesterday passed both of their anti-trans bills, the first to let public school students and parents sue if they're not given reasonable accommodation to not share a bathroom, locker room, or other facilities with trans people. So it's like for bigots to sue because trans people are in their space. And then the second one is that one we talked about, about the bonkers bathroom sign where businesses that are allowing trans people to use the bathroom of their gender identity have to put up a sign saying that. Well, he signed that one yesterday. So I hope all those businesses that are for our community and supportive of our community and supportive of trans people just living their lives also put up a sign next to it that's like this sign is here because of our bigot governor and we are happy to announce that our establishment treats all people equally. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy to me that how many of these just keep going and how uh, it's so fast. It's just yeah. red states. It's just so fast. They're just like, oh yeah, sure. But here, here's what I want. I actually wanted to say is, you know, you could have sued before. You can sue for anything, y'all. You can sue us today just for saying what the fuck ever. You can sue. I don't have any money. Well, it's okay. I mean, you know, you're gonna get maybe a chihuahua, but uh, but you can sue. So that that's just a bullshit law. You yeah. know, oh, you can sue. Well, you could already sue for that. Yeah, it's just a bullshit law. Yeah, that is absolutely. And it was very interesting watching in Tennessee as those two bills have been happening. The Tennessee log cabin Republicans came out in opposition to the bathroom sign bill, which was interesting, surprising, but sort of from a libertarian perspective of not telling businesses what to do. Joshua Hur, the chairman of the log cabin in Tennessee, wrote an article for the Tennessean 
But in it, he also said Americans are still sorting out how they feel about trans people and how they can be tolerant or hospitable neighbors, even if they disagree. Disagreeing with someone's existence is not a rational disagreement. He said he understood the concern about trans women, which is garbage. But he also pointed out how weird it's going to be to force trans men to be using the same restrooms as girls. It's like it doesn't work, but their bigotry doesn't even work both ways, actual bigots. They did at least debunk the whole bathroom assault fear and pointed out the opposite's actually true with trans people being assaulted when they are recognized as trans. But this is the same log cabin organization that said that TJ Osborne didn't deserve a resolution for coming out. And they put out a whole ass statement about TJ Osborne. You know, that story we said about the resolution recognizing him. And at one point said, don't expect rainbow confetti in a ticker tape parade just for like in boys, hunty, shut up and sing. You know, like they told the Dixie chicks way back when, you know, they think they are so smart and cute while the rest of us are fighting for their opportunities. You know what? I Why is my mind going crazy? Uh, I don't want to dwell on this because I don't even want to give them oxygen because I got so much now. Uh, but what I really want to say is you shut up and continue to vote against trans rights, continue to vote against your own rights and go fuck yourselves. Just shut the fuck up. I am yeah. so tired of them. I am so fucking tired of them. But and also like using like queer coded language and like, oh, look, like I'm like using the language of the community. And also you endorse 12 candidates with terrible LGBTQ track records. So yeah. moving on. Oh, it's me. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm just seething. Emerson. All that extra yeah. oxygen. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Long winded. Healthy yeah. love. Yeah. A, a TikTok of a Christian grandmother exercising. Her gay granddaughter's room has gone viral. TikToker uh, Celia Brooks wrote on the video, if you're wondering what religious abuse is here, and this woman stands in the doorway, you can, you can find this video, and she's touching the door and she says, demons, foul spirits, lying spirits, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, in the name of uh, above all names, praise you, Jesus. Then she leaves, and I guess the girlfriend was filming she was in the room because uh, she's filming, and it was so sad because the uh, the the girlfriend uh, her girlfriend was was crying. I mean, with this grandmother screaming all this shit. And uh, Brooks uses the hashtag abuse, religion, LGBTQ, and emancipation. In a second video, the text says, "This is how my grandmother talks to my girlfriend as she calls her a blood sucking leech." So there's a lot of love there. Yeah, so much love from the Christian folks who are going after their own granddaughter. It's interesting here. You know, well, I can show this to y'all. I have it. Watch her. Lying spirit, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, the name above all names. Praise you, Jesus. Like... There's an element, you know, sometimes we think about things that feel like old, you know, like it's such a reminder that even with all of our interconnectivity, that there are people that really live in that degree of darkness on, on this, you know, that that old, old fire and brimstone really exists for our young people in entirely too many places still. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It felt like of course, such, I work. I so, mean such a disconnect that like, she at least has access to other people in our community on TikTok and things. But at the same time, like that's what's happening in her home. Well, that's the difference between when we were growing up and we didn't have anybody to talk to. We didn't have social media and we didn't have TV shows that showed a representation of us. You know, it was Paul Lynn in the center square for me. And uh, that was about Charles Nelson Riley on the match game. You know, that was it. And, yeah. and, 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 but there is, there is definitely, uh, church PTSD. And I, I've certainly had it. I mean, I wrote about it and I, I talked about it on my Instagram this week where, you know, the rapture, you know, any loud noise would scare me because I thought Jesus was going to be bursting through those clouds and I knew I wasn't going to make it. Yes. So, you know, Todd, Todd said, I want to be rebuked in the name of Jesus. What am I doing wrong? Everything, Todd, everything. I, I, I always think about those people. I feel like so often Jesus is like, please stop. I would like to be left out of this discourse. Just please excuse me, me from this conversation. 
quit dragging my name into your shit, you know? Doing that shit in my name. Um, um, and on the fortunate, she does have a girlfriend. So there is, you know, uh, but still, it's like, y'all, there's still too much of it, too many places. Okay, up next, I read this story and I thought, you know what? All those ignorant idiots who don't believe in science think there's a microchip in the vaccines that are afraid to get it. But this is the answer to get all those dumb, masculine, terrified, I don't want a shot type gentlemen to get one. Because their World Journal of Men's Health published a recent study that should have every man running to get that vaccine because it discovered for the first time that traces of the COVID-19 virus could be found in the tissue of the penis. Oh. COVID-19 could live on in your dick. The most concerning part was that they found long after recovery, suggesting that COVID might live in your dick for several months. And the real concern is that it could also possibly cause future erectile dysfunction. Y'all, COVID could break your penis. Go get the damn shots. I think that's an incentive, incentive for a lot of folks. If Fauci had said that up from those podiums, I sure think we'd be a lot further along in our towards our herd immunity level. The author said, in our pilot study, we found that men who previously did not complain of erectile dysfunction developed pretty severe erectile dysfunction after the onset of COVID-19 infection. They got samples from two men who've had penile prosthesis surgery for erectile dysfunction and also had COVID. Now, one was very ill with COVID and hospitalized. The other only had mild symptoms, but both showed signs of the virus in their penis tissue and signs of endothelial dysfunction, which is widespread vessel dysfunction. Obviously, it's your blood vessels that let you get it hard on. Uh, the study also revealed COVID-19 can invade the testicles of some infected men. So I don't care if you're not doing it for your community, if you don't care about herd immunity, if you're one of those assholes that don't want to wear a mask and go get a shot so your dick don't break. Seems like a very compelling ad campaign. Emerson, I feel like we should take the PSAs to address this issue. So if someone's going to sponsor my posts, you know, I'm not doing advertisements for free anymore. Penis essays. Uh, penis essays. Yes, penis essays. To live in your balls for a long time. Get stuck in your penis tissue. That's it's. Look down at that spongy. Grab a hold of that spongy. Head and go. There's COVID. There's COVID right Ooh. there. Ooh, I don't like this story. Uh, uh, last week. So moving on, last week, Weston Charles Gallo testified in Congress to support the Every Child Deserves a Family Act to ban federally funded adoption and foster agencies from discriminating against parents on the basis of religion, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, sex, marital status, and ban anti-LGBTQ discrimination against foster youth. And uh, Weston was kicked out of his home at age 14 and testified about the importance of stopping religious foster and adoption agencies from banning same-sex couples who want to be married. He said, my father was the deacon of the church and my mom was a member of the choir. I was taught that being gay doesn't fit with worshiping God. I knew that I was gay at a really young age, but because of my parents and my family, I was condemned to, that uh, my family condemned it to, to, uh, as an, condemned it an abomination. He said a social worker told him that several potential families didn't want him placed with them because they thought he would turn their other children gay or be a predator. So at age 15, he was placed with his two dads and six siblings. And he talked about seeing a true marriage, a normal life, the meaning of family, and that has helped him imagine a life of his own, marrying someone and having a family. It's a major issue in states that allow child welfare agencies to reject couples that don't follow the agency's religious beliefs. There, to me, like that was so one, it's so impressive that he went and testified uh, and told his story. But you think about how every step of his story, his sexuality was an issue. You know, he was out of his parents' house because he was gay. They were having a hard time placing him in foster care because some people didn't want him because he was gay because of that bullshit, turn other kids. And then that, and then it was so heartwarming to hear that he found a gay couple and then they showed him the kind of life that he could have as they also served as his parental figures. Like every step of that reinforces like the journey of the point of this piece of legislation. It's like 
we've got that SCOTUS case out of Philadelphia that'll be coming later this year, um, specifically on this issue. But thinking like, look at my family, look at what I learned. And that if that were not possible, he wouldn't have found that family. It's just amazing. And those gay dads had six other kids. He yeah. was number seven. Yeah. Crazy. It's really amazing. Heroes, heroes, they're heroes. To, yeah. to change a young man's life like that. And 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 then let's just say he's a hero too for Weston to go yeah. and literally testify in Congress. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how old he is now, but uh, can't be that old. And to be willing to share your story in such a big forum, all the hard parts and the great parts of your story to make sure that other kids following behind you in the foster system and the adoption system uh, are able to find what he found. Like it's just impressive on every level, um, but that piece of legislation has a ways to go uh, to actually being achieved. So bit by bit on so many things. Absolutely. I thought it was important to rewind. Leanne said back to our COVID penis Story. She said, nobody wants a broken dick. I'm going to make my husband get another shot. <laughs> I'm ready for the booster. Don't break my penis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Next year. Uh -huh. When do we need it? You know, next January, I'm ready. Get that booster. The moment they say we need it, I'm there. I got my, uh -huh. yeah, I got my little card here. Got, uh -huh. got it. I'm ready. I'm ready. Be like, come on, ready. Uh, well, we have reached the middle point of our show. We appreciate everybody who chooses to tune in live and laugh and talk and contribute along with us. If you enjoy what we do here, presenting what we find interesting and important in the news, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. It is not required, but it is greatly appreciated. Thank you to Kelly, who already contributed today. And to those of you listening back in podcast form, I know those come in later too, and we are just as grateful for you all after the fact. Yes, thanks to those on PayPal. Uh, my cousin Robbie gave us some money last week. That was sweet from Texas, from uh, Dallas, Texas. And we appreciate all y'all. There are lots of ways to contribute. You can contribute to my wallet. You can contribute to my self-esteem. You can. <laughs> You, 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 so they can designate what it goes for? Uh, no, it's like you can give comments and shares that feed my self-esteem. Money doesn't do that. The money's for my wallet. I see. I see. But I, I thought maybe they could tag it. This is for your copay, for your pills. This is for your... Oh, yeah, you can do that too. Uh -huh. <laughs> you can, you know, it's like when you donate to a foundation. Sometimes you give to the general fund. Sometimes you give to a specific campaign. You are welcome to tag your contribution for specific purpose. I was online shopping for Speedos earlier, like I need another one, so. Well, there's, you know, you can always get them at those cheapundies.com. Uh -huh. uh, I watched Cheap Undies. I got that AliExpress where I got $5 swimsuits, but I was looking at a full price Timoteo one earlier. Y'all, I have an entire duffel bag full of swimsuits. I still hadn't worn anywhere yet. And I- Well, was if you get real hard up, you can always sell them on the street in West Hollywood. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> wear one and then sell the others. Oh, um, I don't know that there's a market for mine on the straight. Can you imagine? Lightly used. <laughs> Isn't that what they say about furniture? Lightly used. People and be at, at clothing donation stores. Gently used welcome. They're like, don't give us those tennis shoes you've been wearing to paint in the garage for 15 years. I know, and, and they, they don't accept underwear, so. That just seems right. There, seems, look, there are now whole websites where you can sell that, where you can sell your gently used intimates to a particularly enthusiastic audience, I believe. Oh, uh, I wish <laughs> you hadn't told me that. <laughs> well, no one's making you go. I know, I'll be Googling it after the show just to see what. Just, just, just out of morbid curiosity. See what they're going for. <laughs> What's the going rate? I think, you know, it depends on your pre-existing fan base, unfortunately. Oh, that's right. Well, you know that. I mean, I remember, <laughs> what do you say? Dennis just said, Emerson, there's a market for used underwear, or so I am told. Oh. I've heard. I've heard. All right, shall we right. move on? Yes, this next story comes to us out of Bucknell University in Pennsylvania. On at Bucknell University, Fran's house is a living 
house, I want to show you their little, the sign out in front of Fran's house, uh, is a house that provides LGBT friendly, gender neutral accommodations and home for queer students. Well, last week, nearly 20 former members of the Tau Kappa Epsilon fraternity <clears throat> showed up and tried to break in, according to their RA, Tyler Long. The students yelled, let us in, this isn't your home and this is our home, as they banged on the windows and doors, swung a metal bar at the pole that displays their pride flag, exposed themselves and urinated on the front porch. It seems that this used to be a house of this fraternity that's no longer allowed to be on campus, so then it was picked up by Fran's house uh, for all these guys to show up. Well, the Fran's house RA called the university's public safety officer and Luong says, <laughs> When the public safety arrived, they laughed at the situation. It said the officers were instead out front bonding with the alleged former frat boy offenders, reminiscing about their college days and calling them handsome young man, men and promising to let them do a walk through the house after graduation. They didn't even speak to Luong as the RA or check on the Fran's residence. Now, University President Broadman and the administration did put out a letter condemning it and the public safety officer's response, and they are having an outside firm conduct an immediate investigation. He said in their letter, we cannot erase the ugliness and subsequent trauma of last night's transgressions against the students of Fran's house and implicitly many others, but we can commit to addressing it in a way that protects LGBT plus Bucknellians and better ensures their safety in the future. So it sounds like the administration gave a full-throated support and <laughs> condemnation uh, but I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of LGBTQ people who end up with trauma from that sort of thing. You know, like the terrifying frat boys. It's like the college version of middle school when the big guys picked on the weird little kids that became the LGBTQ kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the, the security guards. Know, what's wrong with my mic today? Sorry, guys. Uh, the security guards to say, oh, we'll give you a walkthrough later and handsome young men and, you know, just jawing with them like they were, you know, like like they're back in the fraternity. Yeah, it sounds very good, old boy. And like, it sounds like it started from their bitter that their fraternity can't live in that house anymore. And so they like, somebody got a hair up their ass, so to speak. Um, but to have the public safety officers side with those people, I mean, they described like, you know, having to hold a window closed with these guys outside the window. And I remember that era that I can't imagine how terrifying that was. It certainly would have been to me at that time in my really? life. Yeah. I never told you the story. You know, I auditioned Baylor, where Dell and I both went, <clears throat> had a sort of satirical anonymous group called the Nose Brothers. Right. Right. Uh, well, I auditioned to be in the Nose Brothers. And it involved writing an essay for their like fake version of the Lariat. You had to write like a satirical essay. And I'm looking back, mine was terrible. But I got the call to like come to the audition part and they made me dress up like some wrestler. So I'm like out in this weird little wrestling outfit. They blindfold you and take you somewhere. And I look back and remember being told to like, they handed me a cucumber, I'm wearing a blindfold and I'm like fake masturbating a cucumber. And I look back and think, how did I not just take off the mask and walk out? You know, like I wanted so badly to be accepted. It was like, oh, I don't know where this is going, but sure, whatever. I did not get accepted. But I look back and think, why didn't I have the presence of mind to just be like, this is stupid. You don't want to be a part of this. You know? I'm sorry that you had that experience. They, I'm, not, they, I'm not traumatized, but like apparently the sign around my neck said something like enter from behind or something. But I was like waiting while someone else was going through their, through their process. And I like didn't take off the blindfold. I just sat there and like did what I was told. I well, never, I never had a desire to be a nose brother. Never. Maybe I wanted to because it was like it felt from the outside like the anti fraternity, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, it was so then I like got involved and I was like, oh no, it's just like that. It's just like the it's just like all of that other the bad yeah. version of all those things. Yeah. But so. I lived with a bunch of frat boys who were wonderful through the years. Yeah, so, I had a bunch of frat friends, but I never wanted to be a part of it. I just never, it was never, I mean, because we, I was in the journalism department and we were so anti-frat, you know, it was like, oh, that's not, we, we were too cool and they were too, yeah. they, are, they were, their coolness was not the same as our coolness. And yeah. uh, anyway, all the, right. Wait, wait, hold on. 
there was a, several people asked. That was at Bucknell University in Pennsylvania, that other story. And Rob said, I'm so sorry. Y'all, I didn't tell that story. It's not traumatic. I told that as a funny, like, when you want to be a part of something, how far you'll sort of, like, go along when you're not sure what's happening, you know? You can get wrapped up in some nonsense. So um, we got a, a crazy story, y'all. This is such a crazy story. Joanna... Uh, Dennehy is a serial killer in the UK who murdered three men in 2013 in a killing spree she said was just for fun. She There she is. Now she befriended a man, uh, pretended to be his girlfriend, then murdered him and left his body in a wheelie bin. A week later, she murdered her housemate in his bed and called an accomplice and told him, oops, I did it again. Like uh, she was Britney Spears. Yeah, like, yeah, oops, I did it again. Uh, two days later, she murdered her landlord. I guess the rent was late. Uh, she's one of only three women in the UK sentenced to life in prison. Now, during her sentencing, it was revealed that she had told a psychiatrist she saw the murders as kind of a fetish and said she had killed to see if it was as cold as I thought it I was, as I to see if I was as cold as I thought I was. Then I got uh, Moorish and got a taste for it. In prison, she met Haley Palmer. Here's where the love story starts, y'all. A street robber who recently finished her 16-year sentence, and now they are engaged. Now, like, Haley... <laughs> it's like this 16-year street robber and this serial killer got engaged. It okay. just... And I am single, y'all. I was going to say... Point it out, I am single. But the serial killer and the street robber are engaged. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, Haley apparently gave uh, Denhany an ultimatum. No more murders or they couldn't be together. So okay. Haley- Wait, wait. That, like, yeah, no more murders or we can't be together. Like y'all, I just think when you think about compromises in your relationship, Okay. How did that go? Okay. I love you, but no more murder. So we're just not murdered again. I'm out. I'm out. That's a deal breaker. Those even one more time. The first, the first three, I, she got a pass on, but this, I, I, will, I will come up with a lot. Uh -oh. So uh, Haley speaks uh, about Joanna. Like she's her high school sweetheart. They talk every single day, which I'm confused about that. They got cell phones in prison in UK and fully intend to get married. Haley joked that they would not be, because it's a joking matter. Murder is always a fun little topic to joke about. So she joked that they would not be allowed to cut their wedding cake because there's no way <laughs> they'd let Joanna have a knife. I mean, if that isn't a gut buster, I don't know what is. I mean, I guess if you've like got been I'm laughing, okay. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's so sick and twisted. If you have fallen in love with a serial killer, I guess you got to be able to make knife jokes. You know, if, if the if the fiance of a serial killer can't make a murder joke, who can? It's like, <laughs> it's like, I guess it could be a knives out. The knives witness. out too. The I know that they've already they've already announced knives out two the sequel. So this is gonna be knives out three, the lesbian prison wedding. Oh my goodness! Also, now, why are you gonna get married now that one of you's out of prison? Well, because well, she she's she's trying to get out, right? No, what? Uh, no, Haley's already out. Oh, so 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 Haley's out, but uh, oh, she's she's just petitioning so that they can have a wedding. Yes, so, because now that she's out, she can apply to marry the in the serial killer inmate in the prison rec room. I guess. Uh -huh. the, I guess the the the. the, the <laughs> and also, why bother now? You had all the sex you're going to be able to have while you were in the prison. It's like you're going to get married and be celibate. I'm confused. You know what they should have done? Like, you know, they did on Orange is the New Black. Just have their little secret ceremony while she was in there. She waited too long. Now she's out. That's we're right. As Danielle said, though, to be fair, they're both engaged to an awful person. Which, correct. Like, I'm just like, yeah, she's like, well, she might, there is a lid for every pot. There is, but I have a feeling, I wish we could follow up on this story in about a year because I have a feeling Haley is not going to make it on the outside. I, I, I feel like there's, she's going to go, she's going to go awry. She's not going to do well as a pen pal wife. No, 
She's gonna be she's gonna end back up in there. They're like, well, I don't think you should see that as depressing. I think you should see it as inspirational. Oh, that I can, that there's yeah. hope for me. Like, look, that serial killer found somebody. There is time and there is you have the whole world. I have to lower my standards to prisoners. I have to go. That I am now, uh, you know what? I'm just going to start on the weekends just going and just saying, is anybody lonely? You know, I mean, I bet there's a prison pen pal. I, like I was about pocket. to say, you know, uh, there's always a TV movie happening about somebody who's got a prison pen pal. There must now be, you, I'm sure you could go to the Google and just say, I want a prison pen pal. And they'll say, where from? Do we have anybody in prison that listens to us? Do they get Facebook and YouTube in prison? Unless they're in the library or I don't know. But, you know, you could also just doll yourself up and start showing up for visiting hours and picking a name. Say, hey. Hey. I'm Dale. I'm here. <laughs> Dennis said, never lower your standards. <laughs> Thank you, Dennis. <laughs> All right. This next piece comes to us out of Hong Kong. Uh, where earlier this year, a little 10-second clip of a nine-year-old porn video, you can see a little bit of blurred-out version of it if you're watching live, uh, there went viral, and one of the men response, two men were arrested, one of them being seen in the clip. Police raided their home and seized a walkie-talkie, a pair of handcuffs, an extendable baton, a BB gun, a fake police warrant card, and alleged police uniforms. And they are being held on charges that include distributing obscene articles, possessing offensive weapons and false instruments, and the unauthorized use of police uniforms. Because in Hong Kong, wearing the uniform of a law enforcement officer or even clothing that closely resembles it carries a $1,000 fine or six months in jail. But publishing obscene articles, the porn clip, has a million-dollar fine, three years imprisonment, handcuffs could add two more years, and false police warrant cards could be 14 years. Wow. That's terrifying. You know, nine years ago, you made a little porn clip. You know what the moral of this story is? You need to make bad porn. Not with police officers. Uniform. Need, it needs to be real clear you are not police. Like, it sounds like the problem is they were too good. The verisimilitude, it was too lifelike. You convinced somebody that you might actually have been a police officer, and now you might go to jail. So, so, so in, in Hong Kong, like for Halloween, do they have Halloween? You can't go dressed up as a police officer. I guess that's a thousand dollar fine. And there are lots of places around the world you, that you are not allowed to wear the like exact uniform of specific police departments of, of officers. So that the impersonating an officer is illegal in many places. Um, that's not weird. It's just such an extreme jump to say that like impersonating an officer and making an Eiffel Tower with another man with a gentleman in between you is somehow going to convince somebody that you were actually an officer. But yeah, I took the moral of the story. That's why lots of porn acting is bad. They don't want you to think this person is really an officer, really a doctor, really a TA in college, really right. a that. And certainly, certainly not an actor. <laughs> if you're working on your OnlyFans, you better make it real clear you are not the profession you are pretending to be during the scene work. I love, I love sometimes watching porn where they have a little scene before and oh, is this where you live? And oh, you know, yes. And yes. I, I watch that. I watch that first part. I, that given circumstances, the setting. I mean, otherwise it's all the same. That y'all, that middle part at a certain point, you've seen every version of that there is to see. So the setup should matter. No, I, I saw one uh, not too long ago during COVID, the, a realtor. It was a realtor showing a condo. He's showing a house and then showing his oh, ass. No, this one just went on the market. Uh, <laughs> this one just went on the market. And so am I as he bends over the banister. He's like, look down at the marble floors while you penetrate. They were. They were fucking on the stairs by the end. I knew uh, it. I knew it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Wait, hold on. You're not alone. John said, I only like the porn with the scenes. I know. Judge. You could judge them. Uh, I guess. Oh, wait, one more. Because Rob said, I guess male strippers in that country can't dress like a cop. That is a good point. Think about strippers. That's dangerous. So many strippers start out as like police officers, you know, walking in with the boot, you know, with the billy club and being like, we heard there was a disturbance before they rip away their Velcro pants. Well, and 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 the the village people would not exist in in Hong Kong. <laughs> Only four members. Yeah, they, they they that one would be in jail for six months. We cannot. Uh, Hong Kong is not on the tour. 
A new, a new meaning to macho man. All right. Uh, a trans woman named Iconic Face with two C's, Emerson has informed me, was just sentenced to 30 years in prison for robbing two banks in Alabama and Mississippi. Now, in 2009, Iconic Face walked into a bank and passed the teller a handwritten note that read, you have one minute to give the money. Do not be wrong or die. 2019. Uh, 2019. Oh, did I say what did I say? 2009. Oh, 2019. So it's more recent. Okay. So she took the money and then introduced the, instructed the teller to pass the note and a bag to the other teller and repeat the process. So it's just like one of those, you know, it's like gossip. And uh -huh. say, you have one minute to give the money. Do not be wrong or die. Now, at the time of the robbery, uh, Iconic Face showed signs of recent cosmetic surgery, including, including noticeable lip swelling. So days after the robbery, she flew to Mexico and had more plastic surgery. Then she was arrested on her return uh, to the U.S. with bandages on her face. She had done the exact same kind of bank robbery in 2007, passing a teller a note that said, no games, no jokes, and get your hands up. Don't mash any alarms, don't move, or she gets it. She means business. Uh, she was sentenced to four years in prison and three of probation and mental health treatment. I think that's a good idea. Uh, and, and she was out on bond when she committed the robbery uh, for, for what she, that robbery for another one in Tennessee. So she literally was out on bond. She had committed the robbery we're talking about for, and was out on bond because she had committed another robbery in Tennessee. Uh, iconic face. Uh, she also faces accusations of robbing, robbing banks in Georgia and Texas in 2007 as well. She was arrested in LA after returning from Mexico at that time as well. Apparently, also receiving surgery. I think she was robbing to get surgery. Yeah. No, I'm serious. It seems yeah. like that's what she was doing. Yeah, but the reality is you robbed banks in Mississippi, Alabama, Texas, Tennessee. And what was the other one? Like in five in Georgia. Georgia. States. Ma'am, we are incredibly supportive of the community here. And we have talked about the challenges of healthcare and trans people getting healthcare, but we will contribute to your GoFundMe. Stop. Bonnie and Bonnieing your way through the banks of America. And also that it was like, I got the money and I am right off to get the surgery. I mean, literally had a bag of money. Yeah. On the United flight. Yeah. Aero Mexico flight. Uh -huh. Like it off again. But like, this is a career bank robber. I mean, it sounds like she, she had up so many banks between 2007. She went to jail for robbing banks, got out eight years later, did it again. Like that is a career, like you made a choice. There's a strong, a, a, like a choice to be a bank robber. Yes. There are oh. other ways, iconic face. There are other ways. I know, you as John Martin that. said, that is exactly the plot of Dog Day Afternoon. Oh my God. And Danielle said she was robbed working as a teller years ago. The guy got 25 years. Did you have to go, Danielle, did you have to go and be a test, uh, 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 what you call it, a witness? I was gonna a testimonialist. Did you have to be a testimonialist? Like a testimonialist. But it, but that's such a reminder though that like the bonkers nature of this woman, like robbing banks for more than a decade. On the other side of that is somebody standing behind a counter who is just doing their job, who's like been handed a note that says like empty the drawer, or she gets it. The personalized intensity of that, Danielle. I'm glad you got through that experience. I am too. Laura, you're going to have to tell us that story sometime, Danielle. Yes, we need to go. As soon as you get that second vaccine kicks in, we're going out for a drink, and I want to hear the bank robbery story. That's right. We're going to write that movie. <laughs> Pitch it. Uh, all right. I did not watch, but Sunday night was the Miss Universe pageant. Um, and Miss Mexico was the winner. But I wanted to highlight three of the women who chose to use their platforms in the cultural uh, pageant portion to make very strong social statements. On the left on screen is Miss Singapore, obviously uh, personal to me since I live there, and she's wearing the red and white thick stripe 
colors of the Singaporean flag. And when she turned on the back, it said, stop Asian hate. Uh, I believe that today they just passed the, the measure in Congress about uh, Asian hate here in the US. So I believe Biden will be able to sign that. In the far right, Miss Uruguay opened her skirt to reveal a rainbow with the words, no more hate, violence, rejection, discrimination against a rainbow. She apparently has regularly posted her support for our community on Instagram. And then in the center, Miss Myanmar unrolled a scroll that said, pray for Myanmar, and she went on to win the category. There's lots of things happening around the world you may not be aware of, but the military took control of Myanmar by force back in February. They've had massive pro-democracy protests since then. Uh, over 700 protesters have been killed and thousands arrested. So that is still happening in her country. So it was uh, a really big deal that she uh, chose that moment uh, to say something for her people. And just always impressive to see people using their platforms to speak on issues that are important to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what, that was one of the things that I loved about Drag Race uh, last year was that, remember that moment where- yeah. uh, oh. Simone turned around. That was such a great moment. Um, All right. Thank you, Emerson, for giving me a story called The Joys of Older Sex. I just feel like being elderly bashed today. Well, I couldn't decide if it would be worse if you read it or if I read it. Okay. Well, it's it's a a joyous story. A joyous story about the joys of older sex. A counseling charity in the UK called Relate has a new campaign called Let's Talk the Joys of Laddered Life Sex to highlight the fact that seniors benefit from sex and intimacy just as much as younger people. Um, Just probably not as often. A study shows two thirds of uh, people over 65 say sex and intimacy for their age group is rare. There you go. Or never represented in media. Only 20% of people think society is okay talking about sex and intimacy in people age 60 and over. One of Relate's therapists, Amanda Major, said, we're trying to show that people in latter life with the wobbly bits can feel good about sex. It's on billboards before going to print and online. I just became Maggie Smith in downtown. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a, on billboards <laughs> before going to print it online and it features a diverse range of older people in moments of intimacy because we all want to see that. Uh, the, gay, the gay couple featured are Andrew and Mark, uh, both in their 60s, uh, who have been together 31 years. Their poster is, some men discover they love golf, some men discover they love men. That is a very pretty picture. I first of all, I love the photo, but second of all, I love that the campaign is like that. Like golf was the straightest thing they could think of. Some people love golf. Some men like sex with men. Like that, those are the ends of the spectrum. It's like, I mean, I love it because it's like bonkers. Like you could like whatever you want to like. Um, but like all those polo shirts and, you know, khakis and things like golf's a little bit gay in the sport uh, on the list of sports. <laughs> I, love, I love Amanda's quote, which is with wobbly bits. <laughs> I, I have like some wobbly bits. I, 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 like also balls are wobbly from the beginning, you know, even when they're high and tight before they're hanging near your knees. Balls are always wobbly, but I love that she did say wobbly bits. And in all seriousness, that photo of the two of them, I love it. I love seeing his hand headed down that other, his husband, his man's ass crack, because this really is real. Like, why are we weird about older people having sex? As though like all of our bodies change and do weird things. Like you should stop enjoying it because it doesn't look like it looked at 17 is stupid. (laughs) John Martin just wrote, I think I'll rent Cocoon. There it is. <laughs> grumpy old men. How about grumpy old men one and two? <laughs> you know, where I learned this, honestly, one of the first times I ever went to Palm Springs and stayed at the nudie resorts for all gentlemen, I stayed next to these, like, they were in their 80s 
queens from Australia, naked as Jaybird, leathery skin like they had been at the beach for 60 years. And they were so fun and smart and sweet. And they told me the story. They said, you know, we started coming to Palm Springs and these resorts when there was literally nowhere else in the world we could go and just be ourselves. And we'd come for two weeks and then go home where we had to be straight at work. Said we don't have to do that anymore, but that's why we still come. And those hilarious, lovely gentlemen with their balls hanging halfway down their thighs, I thought, I want to be you. That is aspirational to me. I'm going to be that old queen who should not be in a Speedo or a thong or should not have his dangly bits wobbling around around the pool and looking at those young queens and going, if you don't like it, don't look. All right. I, love it. I really do. Like, let's all get over our weird body shit. Whatever kind of body you have and live in, celebrate it. Be as naked as you want to be when you want to be where it's legal to be. All right. There's his PSA. There's his penis essay today. But and I say that because it took me so long to get there. You know, we have so many hangups and weird issues about our body. And if we just learn to laugh at it, bodies are so fucking weird. If you stop yeah, yeah. thinking about a penis in a non-sexual way, it's just odd. It's like this weird gonzo looking thing with these fragile dangly bits below. You know, it's weird. It's funny. And then oh. I like to suck it. <laughs> I like it when I get to the point where you're looking at me going, how long are you going to do? This, are, is, are we, this is this is long. This is a mile long. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you get to give so many. I love what you do. I like to call mine soliloquies. Oh, uh -huh. <laughs> that makes it sound like it's from that Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. <laughs> um. Oh, Daryl said, naked now. I can't tell you how happy that makes me that you're watching our show in the nude. I love that. I just love that. I'm not naked now because it would, I, I don't know that it would be appropriate. <laughs> like, look, consent is, consent related to your nudity is important. Of course. I did, I did have a, are we, are we not going to finish this? Or do you we want, I got one little thing. Yeah, um, okay. Um, my, neighbor, my neighbor saw me naked the other day. Um, well, what's this alley? You know that alleyway by my bathroom, and there's no there's no curtains in my bathroom, and I'm there drying my hair, and there, I won't say her name, but she walks by with those two awful dogs, that, the, the, the nemesis of the three little bitches, and she looks at me, and I didn't know whether to say, well, "Hello, Brawny." I didn't know whether I didn't know what to say. <laughs> say, well, this is it. Also, Rob said to watch your show nude lots of times. <gasps> I love that we have some nudists in our live audience. I yes. hope some of y'all that are listening back as a podcast later are also wandering around. Naked as if you you're not, not, I want everybody just to strip down right now. Everybody get naked right now. Naked. <laughs> naked. Nude. It sounds like tasteful art. Naked sounds like you're about to get up to trouble. Yeah, naked's better. All right, our fun last little silly thing. Joja Siwa, who we told you came out earlier this year. Well, one of her fans has started a petition online to rename the Reagan Ronald International Airport in D.C. after Jojo Siwa. <laughs> TMZ caught up with her and asked her about it. And she said, I'm obviously on board with it. This would be the sickest thing ever. I would take every flight out from there. My mom told me to go sign the petition. It's the best idea I've ever heard in my life. Now, when asked why she deserved it more than Reagan, she said, you know what I know? He's got an airport. <laughs> the petition has over 55,000 signatures today of its 75,000 goal. And the petition does not have a big monologue. It just says, why on earth is there an airport named after this war criminal? <laughs> and I just thought that was hilarious. You know, after all that he did not supporting our community and how much he did not make it possible for us to fight the early AIDS epidemic. I am all on board for the Jojo Siwa International Airport in DC. Give me that. We'll look it up when we get off here and I'm going to sign. <laughs> sign. Oh, we started a trend y'all. Dean said, I'm naked and making potato salad. Listen to y'all. Now look, cooking naked is fun and fine as long as you're not cooking something greasy or hot on the stove. That's it's right. Watch the stuff. bacon grease. Watch the break bacon grease, Dean. And I like a little bacon in my potato salad. <laughs> that is the moral of our story today. Watch the breaking grease if you're nude with your wobbly bits. Yeah. You don't want to cook nude if you're cooking bacon. Unless you, <laughs> oh. you know, a good a good cover for it. Yes. 
Well, all right, y'all, one more time. We love doing this. Thank you. It does lift my spirit so much sharing with you all talking about the stuff that really does matter and some of the silliness. Thank you to those who contribute. A huge thank you to Tom Bess and Michael Shane, who also uh, tipped us through the show. And if you want to, one more time, you can tip us on Venmo at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. Thank you so much, everybody. It's been a fun Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It absolutely has. Y'all, just sending you some love and strength for the rest of your week, and we'll see you on Friday. Bye, y'all. Bye, now.